I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fang's True Blood podcast. This week we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 7 of True Blood, In the Beginning. And just so you know, we are missing the opening ceremony of the London Olympics. That's right, folks. To bring you this podcast. That's right, it's now 20 past 8 in London. And we've got 40 minutes till the opening ceremony and... We might, we might catch you. We might catch we might. you if we, if we talk really fast. Yes. We're Sky Plus in it just in case. Oh, yes. Um, if you want to talk about True Blood or the Olympics, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, email, or the website. Or subscribe, subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, do that. Okay, let's crack on. Let's get in there straight away with an episode recap. Yeah, it turns out that Roman is in fact dead, mm. uh, as he's now just a golf, golf shirt floating in a pile of goo. Why, why do you think that, that... In the episode before, when he staked Roman, why do you think that it didn't turn to goo in that episode? His face kind of turned weird, but then in the next episode, he was just a, he was just a pile of goo, wasn't he? I think it was um, one of the... I can't remember who it was that said it, with the director or something, said that it was because they've done so many of the sort of exploding stakings, they, they thought they'd do it a bit differently this time. Do, do you think they did it like that as well for a bit of a cliffhanger? Because I, cliff- yeah. I thought he was going to survive. Yeah, it? yeah. And to get people talking about, yeah, and uh, maybe they run out of budget for blood splatter. You never know. <laughs> okay, so the authority members, they go into emergency protocol and wait for their guards to save their asses. Uh, Russell grabs Eric and it looks like he's going to kill him. Except we know he won't because that would never happen. <laughs> uh, Bill, Bill ignores the protocol and he runs around in the dark shouting, Eric! Eric! Eric. Northman! Uh, he's looking gen- generally concerned for Eric's safety. Yep, the bromance is still alive and well. Yes. Um, and then from out of nowhere, the SWAT team come in and they recapture Russell. Surprisingly quickly and quite easily. I thought yeah. Russell was going to put up a, a bit of a fight. or I thought he was going to cause a bit of havoc, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's part of his plan. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose he knew that he'd been captured by friends and that it was, it was all going to be okay for him. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, thankfully, Eric has not met the true death. He's just been stapled to the wall. Yeah, that's that quite strange. <laughs> quite odd. <laughs> quite amusing. Uh, yes. Okay, so over at Hot Wings, um, Sookie is unconscious and Claude and one of, one of his never-ending sisters um, gives her a little fairy check-up. Uh, yeah, and then when she comes to, they explain to her and Jason uh, that because she's only part fairy, her powers aren't infinite, uh-huh. and they will eventually run out if she uses them too much. Oh, and do you think she's got like a, a gauge or a, like a fairy a, gauge? Yeah, so she can <laughs> see where she's at. And uh, yeah, what a few fans have pointed out is that the fairy girl actually says that Suki's half fairy, uh, but that's an error because she's only an eighth fairy. She's only an eighth fairy. Yeah, I think her great grandfather or great grandmother. Her grandfather was half fairy, so that makes her eight one eighth fairy. Yeah, and this hmm. idea that Suki's powers might end—that's uh, not in the books. Uh, uh, in the books, there's no chance that she's ever going to become a normal human. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is all this is something. This is TV cool. stuff. Yeah. That's good. That's a yeah, that's kind of a, a good thing. Hmm. Okay. So meanwhile, um, Kevin, Mike, and, and Kenya have shown up to deal with the dead redneck in Steakhouse. It's nice to see all these characters getting resurrected. Yeah, it is. We've missed them. Um, Sam demonstrates his superpowers to Kenya by sniffing out the box of Obama masks that the shooters were wearing. Yeah, kudos to Kenya here, because uh, she doesn't look that phased by Sam's smell of vision, does she? She's got. She's kind of looking at, looking at him slightly oddly, but... So is there something yeah. you should tell me, Mr Malott? <laughs> it's good that he's proper rolling around on the floor, like, yeah. a, you know, like a dog. And, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Okay, meanwhile, Hoyt 
he's, he's kicking back with his new gang of super uh, soup hater, hating killers. And we learn that he's known Joe Bob since middle school, which explains why when Joe Bob got out of the truck, he said, Hoyt Fordenberry! Because we were wondering, how, how did this guy know Hoyt? So these are not people from the road crew or anything, this is just someone that knows Hoyt from school. Hoyt says he feels more love and acceptance at this hate group than he ever felt at church. He, sh he should sign his <laughs> mum up. He should sign his she, mum up. She's already shot Jessica once. She's, she'd be well into this, she, I think. She'd be well into it. Yeah. Uh, we also learn that the gang takes their orders from a mysterious person known as the dragon. So, who's the dragon? Is, is that some? Is that a supernatural person, Pres do you think? Presumably it's a supernatural person because they must know where the, soup, where the, where the other soups hang out. Right, yes. So it could be... So can, can a supernatural person sense yeah, the, the shifter? They yeah, can the, sense some the, the shifter. Shif the shifters and the vampires and the werewolves can all kind of smell each other somehow. Could, could it... What, what was that, a fairy or maybe Russell? It could be... See, I think maybe Salome. Maybe mm. she wants to kick things off. Yeah, so she's... The dragon, a, that's kind of an ancient being and she's an ancient being. So that's yeah, a good... and it, they didn't say whether the dragon was male or female. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say either Russell or Salome. Okay, now next up, Hoyt. Ah, Hoyt. Um, he tells them Jessica's name, and he Ooh. says he hates her. Um, and who he hates, they hate. Yes. So it probably means that she's in for some bad shit in a in the next episode or two or whenever. Yeah, don't kill Jessica. <laughs> no, don't. No, surely not. I don't think she'll die, but I think. I don't know, I think there's some bad stuff in store for her. I think that's where it's leading. She's, she's not a red shirt, just a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill and Eric finally figure out that they've been used. Uh, but, but they can't join the dots and realise that it's Salome pulling the strings, <laughs> even though every viewer sussed that one out in episode one. Surely they're smarter than that. Um, Molly, she, uh, she tells them that uh, she isn't a sanguinista. I'm glad that she's not dead. I thought maybe she might be a red shirt. I thought Russell might have killed her. I'm glad Russell didn't kill her. Oh, by the way, you know we kept saying Sandinista instead of Sanguinista. Mm -hmm. um, I've read that Sanguinista is actually a play on words uh, because the Sandinistas, um, they were freedom fighters for the Spanish Liberation Front. That's correct, yep. And uh, sanguine is the Latin word for blood. Oh. So that's where they got the name from. Oh, good on you, Nat. Good detective yeah. work. <laughs> okay, meanwhile, um, Kibway... Uh, summons Bill and Eric to Salome's chambers and he refers to them as King and Sheriff respectively. Um, so we know that they've still got their titles. Yeah, we were wondering that, weren't we? Are, yeah. they, are they still King and Sheriff? So is it is it title until the true death? Is that the is that how it works? Presumably, yeah. Yeah, uh, mm. Yeah. Nora's there with Salome and uh, Eric tells Nora to go fuck herself. <laughs> it's, it's good that she's been freed, isn't it? Yeah, because I, I, like, I liked her at first, when we first met her, and then it just seemed like she was wasted for all those episodes where she was just a prisoner. She, she seemed like she could be a really interesting character, when, like, yeah, and but all she'd been doing is sitting there... In a cell, in kind a of prison praying cell, and... <laughs> getting ultraviolet lighted and... Yeah, that's, that, was, that was getting a bit tedious. Okay, so Russell, he, he is no longer wearing his pyjamas, and he makes a spectacular entrance. Uh, yeah, he reveals that he wants to be buddies with Bill and Eric now. Really? Really? <laughs> after, after what they... After what they did to him? Maybe he's just grateful to them that they didn't kill him when they had their chance, ah. which then allowed him to be freed later. Yeah. And, uh, and to bump off Roman, which he seemed quite happy to be able to do. Uh, Russell says that he's now born again and is totally down with this Lilith worship. Even though, a few hours ago, he said there's no Lilith. 
So, uh, yeah, we reckon he's bullshitting then, don't we? Yes. He's just saying this to please Salome and Nora because they rescued him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Salome, uh, she reveals what everyone and their dog knew all along, that basically she dug Russell up. No, really? Really? Seriously? <laughs> uh, yeah, it turns out that, they, that she followed Bill and Eric to the construction night uh, on the night they buried Russell. Um, I kind of thought they should have done a, a bit of a shock twist there and have it be, I don't know, Dieter in, in drag <laughs> or something. I thought it was, it was so obvious it was her. They should have done something like way out there to Don't, surprise us. Don't, don't you think really that the writers, as, as great as they all are, they could have come up with something a bit more clever than her following them? Is yeah. That, is that a bit of a cop-out, do we think? Yeah, I thought it was going to turn out that Russell was her maker or something more significant than just, oh, I, I followed you to the building but site. She, so she'd been following, following them for a long time then because she apparently had interest in them. Um, so, so do you think she's following them during season one and two and three? Was she in I don't know. How background? did she know to follow them? I can't. Exactly. We need to re-watch that season because I can't remember what was going on that long ago. I, I, no, I can't remember. I can't remember how they got to that point where they buried him. Yeah, had the wasn't authority it? kind of discussed that with... Oh, I suppose... Wasn't, wasn't oh, yeah, no, Russell would rip the guy's spine out on telly, so I suppose she was keeping an eye on him for that reason, maybe... Did Nan Flanagan have a hand in this? I don't know. I don't know. Um, why did she wait a whole year to dig Russell up if she knew that he was there all along? I don't know. Do playing the long game. Playing or... the long game. Do you think maybe, maybe she wanted him to have some time to think about things? Maybe he, she thought he'd be more grateful to her if yes. she waited that long and more likely to join their cause. Yes, maybe. That's a, yeah. Or maybe she's getting messages from Lilith in her brain, and that was when Lilith told her to release him. Like maybe there's some sort of crazy prophecy shit going on in their Bible. Okay, meanwhile, Bill, uh, he says that he's still 100% committed to mainstreaming. And when Salome says they are all friends, he says, like fuck we are. Like fuck we are. Like fuck we are. <laughs> so we know, so we know that Bill's super pissed off because he never ever swears unless he really <laughs> means it. I don't think I've heard him swear much in, in all the seasons. He's not small. He, didn't, he didn't say the F word until season three. Really? Yeah. You, you, you have that knowledge. I have that knowledge. Uh, Salome, she looks quite disappointed, but she invites Bill and Eric uh, to get initiate, initiated the following night. Uh, meanwhile, Alcide is dressed like Rambo and practising his fighting moves with Ricky. What's the point in that? What is the point? They'd be fighting as wolves, wouldn't they? Surely they'll be fighting as wolves. So, or is that too difficult to shoot if they if they need to train the, the wolf actors to fight each other? They can't have them biting chunks out of each other. Maybe it's easy just to shoot it like a boxing match. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather see wolves fighting, personally. Yeah, but, well, than shirtless men. Yes. <laughs> okay, so she uh, she suggests that he should do some V to, yeah. to even up the playing field. But um, he's way too much of a square for that, isn't he? Ah, come on, LC. Come Party. on. Don't be so dry. Uh, it's it's going to be a typical Rocky-style underdog fight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Alcide is going to he's going to be taking a big beat, and he's going to look yeah. like look like he's about to lose. Uh, and then and then he'll rally round and he'll, he'll kick JD's furry ass. Hmm. That's that's my prediction for what's going to happen. Um, surprisingly, uh, Alcide makes out with Ricky. Oh, <laughs> never, never saw that coming. Uh, looks like looks like he's looking for Debbie Mark too. But yeah, less less skanky though. Not, not as skanky. I'd say I'd say Ricky's fitter than Debbie Pelt. No disrespect to the lady that no. plays Debbie. She's... Debbie Pelt's lovely, but, but Ricky's but better. But then Ricky, she's saying, oh, let's do this V. Maybe she's going down the Debbie Road as well. 
Mm. Never know. Okay, so Martha, she shows up with wolf cub Emma. And she denies that JD would ever do the... What, that nice man JD? Never. <laughs> do, do you think that Emma... Do you think she doesn't have any control over being... When, you know, when she's a wolf? Because she, she's been a wolf quite a lot this season, hasn't she? Maybe it's just cheaper to pay the wolf actor than the child actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was... I thought... <coughs> I thought it was... Maybe this is in the books, but I thought it was supposed to be a full moon the first time that a werewolf or a shifter turns... Uh, but it was only full moon like a week ago in True Blood, wasn't it? it? it was, yeah. It was like the end of the last season was a, was a full moon. Because it was, it was a full moon when, the... when Jason thought that he was going to turn into a werepanther, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly, that's not that long ago. So maybe, maybe Jason still will turn. <laughs> What's the point of all that if he doesn't? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Arlene watches her and Terry's wedding video. Yay! Yay! We've, we've always wanted to see their wedding, haven't we? Yeah, when Suki was asleep for like... Not asleep. When Suki, when Suki was in Fairyland <laughs> and, for and, a year. And Jessica and Hoyt. That, oh, yeah, that was, that was happy in the, in the video, wasn't they? Yeah, but I, I always wanted to see their wedding. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see it. Oh, and it was, it was a bit of a tearjerker, wasn't it? Yeah. Hey, Zeus is there, isn't he? Yeah, and Jason's all depressed about Suki being missing. and As I, as I just said, Jessica and Hoyt, they, they were all happy together and all loved yeah, up. Yeah, and Terry's kissing Arlene's baby bump. It's all... Oh, what a sad moment. <laughs> Um, Arlene tells Holly that Terry's gone apeshit and, and he says that there's a fire demon chasing him. Uh, but, but Holly tells her that there are things out there that they don't understand, so Terry could actually be telling the truth. Yeah, well done to Holly for being the voice of reason, because uh, well, we, all, we, we all thought that, didn't we? we all yeah, of course. Thought, we all thought, come on, come on Arlene, come yeah. on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so maybe, maybe Arlene's going to realise finally that she can't just ignore all the weird shit that's going on in the world. She's got to accept that there are maenads and werewolves and fairies. As, as we said last week, once you know there's vampires, you'd, you'd believe in pretty much anything, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it's sad that she couldn't take Terry's word for it. She had to hear it from someone else. She just assumed that he... Well, it, he is a bit nuts. Yeah, but we, we know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, so... Uh, Jason makes Suki breakfast uh, because apparently he doesn't know how to make lunch, even though he's, like, 30. He made, a, like, bacon and, I think, eggs and... That, to me, that is that is lunch. That's that's <laughs> breakfast. That's that's any, that's dinner. That's yeah. it. That's any meal. That's just, well done, Jason. Is is skipping lunch the way to the Jason Stackhouse physique? I think just eating one apple a day and doing about a million sit-ups and shoulder push-ups. Yeah, that's things, how you get ripped like Jason. That's how you get the Stackhouse physique. And uh, yeah, Jason tells Suki not to blame herself for their parents' deaths. Why? Why should she blame herself anyway? She, yeah, she shouldn't blame herself. It's it's their fault for leaving a dirty band-aid on the back seat. With yeah, fairy blood on it. Yeah, I mean, that's just just a bad thing to do, isn't it? Hmm. Obviously, you're going to get killed if you leave a band-aid on your back seat. <sighs> so, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, kids. Uh, I, I guess um, Suki blaming herself uh, is it's potentially going to motivate her further to get rid of her fairy powers if she's thinking that, that's, that it was her that got her parents killed. She might think... Well, could, there be any, could there be any weirdness here where they're just saying that to Suki? To, make, to, to try, I don't know. Oh, you never know with those shifty fairies. Yeah, because that's a good theory. They're a bit dodgy, them fairies, aren't they? Yeah, we know we can't trust the fairies. Yeah, no, I, I think it'd be weird if at this point in the season, uh, in the series, Suki suddenly became a human. That wouldn't work. And yeah, because obviously she. The <laughs> show's centred around her and her abilities. Yeah, just be, yeah. Keep your powers, Suki. Yeah. Okay, meanwhile, Andy, he goes to see Bud Dearborn. Bud Dearborn! Yay! Um, he needs some help in catching the shifter shooters. 
we've been wondering, obviously we love Blade Runner and we, we love do. Deadwood. So, yes. uh, so it was exciting for us to see Bud Dearborn again. Because we've been wondering what happened to him since he disappeared in season three. Yeah, because that, that was quite a quick exit that he, that he made, wasn't it? Yeah, when he, he, just when he, said, left. he just said, yeah, I've had I'll, enough of this. I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> I quit. I quit. And that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, we never saw him again. Apart from when he... Oh, no, they, were, they had a little retirement party for him, didn't they? Didn't yes. They? And that was it. Okay, so, so he's, he's talking to Bud, but Bud has no interest in, in the shootings or no interest in really helping Andy. Ah. Um, however, uh, since he has a voluptuous young lady ready to slip into his hot tub... And, and he's got some experimental male enhancement <laughs> ointment to get him going, so, uh, yeah, he's not down right now for this uh, shifter shooting stuff. Hey, do you think he, he could be on the V? Do you think maybe he's... Just... Well, there, uh, there is kind of theories going around. What's, do you know any of the, the theories, or...? Um, well, the, the woman that he was with, yeah. uh, major spoiler alert. Oh, no, I don't know about spoilers, probably. Uh, well, a bit of a, a book spoiler. Oh, okay, A yeah. book spoiler. Yeah. Uh, her name's Sweetie, and she is involved in the shootings in the books. Oh, right, okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that she's in the show, but she's involved in the books. So people so, are kind of speculating that maybe Bud is involved in the hate group oh, too. No, not Bud. And that's why he's not so inclined to help. Do you think that maybe him or... Do you think maybe him or Sweetie are the dragon? The dragon, maybe. Because you... because it would make sense that he would hate Soups. Because he quit his position of right. the sheriff yeah, of course. over all the Mayonad orgies and the vampire attacks. So maybe since the end of well, since season three, maybe he's been getting <laughs> getting the hate group together. Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe he's the leader. And there's another good theory that's floating around that Bud and uh, Mike, the coroner, who we saw earlier, mm-hmm. have both been inf- influenced by the fairies. Which is why they're getting all sexy with their lady friends. Right. Because Mike said something along those lines as well. Yeah. So maybe it's the fairies who are behind the attacks because it's the fairies that want to start some supernatural kill all the vampires war because they hate vampires. <laughs> I like it. There's a, there's a lot of theories and a lot of possibilities, isn't there? Yeah, but they're probably all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're good. I like them. Okay, meanwhile, Lafayette, he, he arrives in Mexico, uh, sorry, in Mexico, um, where he's gone to visit Don Bartolo. Uh, what sort of crazy car was that that he was driving? I don't know. A, fl- a flying car? Yeah. Judging by how fast he got to Mexico again? <laughs> how did he get to Mexico so fast? <laughs> it's so implausible. Maybe he uses some demon magic that... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Inside the, the creepy shack, he finds Jesus's head uh, with the lips sewn up on an altar. Yeah, we were right about who took Jesus's body. Yes. But, but how did Don Bartolo know that Jesus was dead... And how did he get to Bon Tom so quickly to steal the body from yeah, Mexico? Yeah, that was quick. He must have a magic flying car as well. And obviously, yeah, he had like their addresses and stuff. He knew exactly where to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, yeah. Oh, he's got magic powers. Though. He's got magic powers. Do you, do you think possibly we, haven't we seen? Did we not see Jesus's brother or cousin as a ghost before? Or was it? Or no, Lafayette's or Lafayette? No, Jesus's uncle. Uncle. So maybe the uncle told Tito yeah. Don Bartolo. <laughs> Bartolo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so rather than helping out Lafayette, uh, Don points a shotgun in his face and mm. takes him hostage. Oh, poor Lafayette. He's having no luck this season. I want to see glamorous Lafayette again. I'm fed up with hostage Lafayette. Yeah, Don, Don ties up, ties Lafayette up and stitches his lips. Oof. And uh, yeah, Jesus' head is on top of the microwave for some reason. <laughs> uh, the baby in Don's Excuse wife's me. belly is moving in a pretty disturbing way. Uh, yeah, I, was you expecting Xenomorph to pop out? Uh, yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> Uh, Don, Don says that he needs to cut the demon out of Lafayette's brain. That's, that's a bit 
of a cheat because he was the one that put the demon in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he just he wants it back. Yeah, don't complain about it now. Uh, Lafayette's going to have a big old scar on his forehead, I would have thought, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have to go for like that Mohican look again to ah, cover the scar up, maybe. That's, uh, yeah, or lots ad- of bandanas and hats. Good advice if you're listening, Lafayette. Lots of lots of bandanas and hats. Yeah. Um, just as it looks like it's game over for Lafayette, Don's wife suddenly repeatedly stabs Don and frees Lafayette. We did not see that coming. We did. We definitely did not see that coming. <laughs> why? Why? Why do we think that she killed him? Because he's a douche. Because <laughs> he's a, a psycho mental witch. Was he going to cut? Was he going to cut the baby out? He was going to. He was going to cut the baby out and put the demon into the baby, wasn't he? He was going to do something fucked up. Yeah. So it's kind of feasible that she would kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Suki takes Luna some grapes in hospital. Hold on, when did they meet? How, how do they know each other? They've never met in the show, have they? <laughs> <laughs> no, Suki's friendly, isn't she? Uh, yeah, it's nice of Suki. <laughs> uh, she takes Sam for a coffee and uh, tells him that the whole town thinks he's some sort of bulletproof superhero. Hmm. But they should think that he's a superhero already. I mean, after all, he saved everybody's life in season two, didn't he? By ripping yeah. out uh, the Maynard's beating heart with his bare horn hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, that, was a, that was the best death ever, I think, when he gorged yeah. Marianne and then turned human and ripped her heart out. That was epic. Uh, Suki asks him if he would want to be a regular human, and he says that he would, if it meant the world was a safer place for the people he loved. Seriously? Seriously? Well, Sam would trade his awesome power to, you know, and where he can turn into elephants and... And tigers and, and bears and... Mammoths. Flies and... and <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it, Sam. No... Uh, did you notice in this scene that uh, Suki was wearing a rather baggy dress? I didn't, but I did when you when you told me. Yeah, you don't know it's lady fashion I didn't things, notice but the... I thought, oh, pregnancy bump hiding. <laughs> um, I, I suppose that kind of means that we're not going to be seeing much of Suki's boobs. This, no, she's going to be filmed. Season. She's going to be being filmed from the chest up for the rest of the season, or wearing oh. really baggy clothes, or carrying a box in front of her, or something. Oh, like they're doing the soaps. So, meanwhile, at Fantasia, uh, Tara has traded in a bartender job for a position as Fantasia's resident pole dancer. And she's way better at that job. Oh, she's way better. She she is ripped. She's really ripped. Why isn't she wearing rubber underwear more often? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's pole dancing and making kind of sexy eyes at Pam, and Pam's mm. looking, looking pretty into it. And, uh, and then Letty May comes in, and she could not look more out of place in Fantasia. Uh, Letty May tells Tara that she is dead to her. Well, technically, she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. So you're right there, Letty May. But um, later, Tara tells Pam that her mama's a real bitch. And she gives Pam a nice, super big hug. Oh. Yeah, that was a, that was a touching moment, wasn't it? A touching moment, wasn't make it? a moment for Tara and Pam. <laughs> okay, meanwhile, over at the werewolf barn, uh, JD announces that he, he has a werewolf buddy. A vampire buddy. Uh, sorry, uh, he has a, a vampire buddy who tells him that the end times are coming. End times are coming. Sounds ominous. Mm, who's the vampire buddy? There's got, so there's going to be a big war between vampires and humans, and uh, the werewolves <coughs> uh, should side with the vampires, this guy thinks. Obviously, his, his, his buddy is talking about Russell, isn't it? Yeah, 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 of course it's Russell, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he offers Russell's blood to the werewolves, and uh, they, they look like they're down with that. They're down for taking some V and joining with the vampires. But then... He's going to give some, some V to little Emma. No, oh, no. So wrong. But luckily, Granny Martha saves the day and realises what an epic douche JD is. 
Can't be giving V to a little kid. I want to waste. Um, <laughs> that's so wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. So does this mean that? Does this mean that there is going to be an epic vampire versus human war kicking off soon? Mm. Is that going to be a big game changer in the context of the show? Because say it does kick off, and then we've got two or three more seasons of the show. Is it going to be a constant? It's going to turn into underworld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, Hoyt he gets his very own Obama mask in the soup hating group, um, and and they're all riled up after their redneck friend got killed by Sam. Uh, so, so do we think they're driving off somewhere? Do we think they were going to go and find Jessica? Uh, and then Hoyt's going to be torn and think, oh, do I stake the love of my life because she dumped me for Jason? He can't. He wouldn't stake Jessica. Surely not. Maybe he's going to have a big change of heart. Sure. Um, he's, he's not He's not being like a double agent, is he? He's not... He's not. No, he's nah. just upset. Cause, he, yeah. Yeah, because his girlfriend dumped him. And he's trying to be... It's a bit of an overreaction, isn't it? Stake your girlfriend because she dumped you. Did you notice that Joe Bob didn't join them? Yeah, he's because, got yeah. yeah, he's got a mission of his own to carry out elsewhere. Mm, I wonder what that could be. Yeah, cut to the hospital where Sam is just being booted out as visitor hours are over. Hmm, his his shift of super smeller vision comes in useful again as he catches Joe Bob sneaking into the hospital dressed as an orderly, and he performs a citizen's arrest, which in this case means repeatedly punching the guy in the face and <laughs> saying, "You're nicked." <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Terry and Patrick are sitting in a field somewhere, waiting for the Ifrit to claim them. Uh, but it seems that the, the evil genie is just fucking with mm. them, as it taunts them and lets them live a little longer. What, why does it do this? Is it, is it just a sadistic smoke monster, you know? Is it, <laughs> why, why is it, <laughs> why is it why toying is it? with them? Oh, it just wants to have a bit of fun. Or is it what we said before, where in a field there's no kind of... Well, a field is a fire hazard, because fields set alight, but there's no, yeah. there's nothing that... Maybe because they weren't running. Maybe maybe it feeds off of their fear. Hmm. Maybe because they were trying to confront it, it couldn't kill them. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I like the smoke monster. I'm liking that. Yeah, nice CGI smoke monster. <laughs> uh, Terry, poor Terry, is going to blow his brains out rather than spend his life waiting for the fire demon to kill him. Uh, but Patrick convinces him not to. Good. We, we don't want Terry to die. No, we don't want Terry to die. We want him to overcome this demon. Uh, Jessica, she's chowing down on a fangbanger's fire uh, when Jason shows up to see her. Uh, he tells her that his parents were killed by a vampire and uh, she's horrified and very sympathetic about that. So they start making out. Um, but he tastes blood on her lips and he is disgusted that she has been drinking blood. That's a, that's a bit hypocritical of Jason, I think, because he sleeps with loads of random women and uh, mm. they've got like an open relationship agreement and, and she's just eating. She has to eat. She's a vampire. What does he expect? He... Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I sort of see his it, point. I don't want to. It's not like she had cum on her mouth, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. he knows. He knows she's a vampire. <coughs> um. So yeah. So she bites him in her fury, and then he shoots her in the head. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Um. Uh, Bill's guards are all set to kill Jason. Uh. But but Jessica takes mercy and and doesn't give the order. Uh, luckily, well, as we knew, uh, a bullet wound. So the brain healed pretty quickly. I, I thought, I thought, I don't know, but I sort of assumed that a vampire getting shot in the brain would kill. No, no, I thought because oh. of when uh, when Tara bashed Franklin's brains in in mm. season three, and he was unconscious and had to heal. I thought being shot in the brain would render her unconscious temporarily. Yeah, that's a, I, I kind of thought that being shot in the head killed vampires anyway, but it doesn't. It this no shot no. in the heart wooden bullet. Right. So um, yeah. 
So is this the end for the Jessica and Jason romance? Or do you think they'll, uh, they'll reconcile at some point? Are we, so what's the long game? Are we thinking Jason Jessica or Hoyt Jessica? Not Hoyt Jessica. I think you, you she's wrong. Think... She's wrong for him. She's too kind of wild and she needs to live her life a bit. So you think Hoyt is definitely a no-go? Hoyt's a no-go now. Okay, no. so that leaves Jason then, doesn't it? I think, do you think Jason could join Hoyt in the hate group? Do you think he's going to have it in for Jessica as well? Especially after finding out that vampires killed his parents. Hoyt and Jason oh, might. There's that, but then the hate group hates everyone that's a soup. And obviously... Oh yeah, soup kind is of, a soup. Yeah, he's yeah. his friends, Tara, obviously. Don't yeah. hate Tara and he likes Sam. And yeah, that's very yeah, true. No, that's I, very true. I think he would pretty much beat the shit out of Hoyt if he <laughs> discovers that Hoyt's yeah. joining yeah. up with him. That's, that's a good point. Uh, so Suki arrives home and uh, she thinks back to all the shit that her fairy powers have got her into in the past. Uh, like Bill's initial attraction to her, mm. uh, Marianne and Russell's fascination with her and how Bill revealed to her uh, that the fairies raped humans to interbreed. It was nice to get all these little flashbacks to the previous seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so she, she starts firing out um, light bombs in an effort to drain her powers. But, but luckily, well... I say luckily. <laughs> uh, Jason spots the, the fireworks show and rushes to her aid. Is, is it kind of a stupid idea for Suki to lose her powers? Because she's still probably going to smell tasty to vampires, but then she won't be able to defend herself with the, with the microwave hand. Yeah, but do you think she would miss her t- telepathy? Or do you think she's kind of pissed off with that because she kind of always control it and she gets lots of voices? I don't and... know, but I think that's the thing that makes her special. If it's not for that, then she's just a waitress in a small town and she's... I've got, I've got a question. If, if she loses her fairy powers, would, mm. would she look different? Would, would her features change? Because the, like the fairies told her oh. in the nightclub, they, they've, they've got the looks of... Their looks come from where they are, isn't it? Or something? Oh, that's interesting. And it, I didn't think she, so, what, so she's going to be really ugly if she loses her powers. She's, she's slagged off... What's the, sorry, what's the guy fairy? Cla- uh, Claude. Claude, yeah, of course. She slagged off Claude, and then he kind of said to her about her big baby face. Wow, yeah. So... And also, he said that she might have other undiscovered powers. So, what other powers might she have? <laughs> that's, a, that's always a good thing for writers to put in. Undiscovered powers. Because, yeah, we, because... We can give her anything that she wants. Do you remember in season three, Russell kind of hinted that there was a way she could resurrect Talbot from yes. his remains? Yes. So, that would be interesting if Suki suddenly got the power to kind of microwave zap some, uh, some vampire remains and resurrect them. Where did the vampire? Where did where Talbot Talbot's vampire remains end up? Were they uh, Suki, in a sink or something? Suki, um, um, Russell had them in the big glass vase. Yep. And then he was tied up, and yep. he, he kind of said to Suki, "Like I think there's a way you can resurrect him." And she's like, "No, don't be stupid." And then she tipped him down the sink in Fantasia. <sighs> That's what happened. So no more Talbot. No more Talbot. Oh, Shame. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, the remaining members of the authority, plus Bill, Eric, Russell. Steve and Nigel, the dude with the face burns, uh, they're all gathered around the vial of Lilith's blood. Uh, Salome and Nora announce that the blood is the actual blood of Lilith, uh, and it was collected by her progeny after she met the true death. So, who is Lilith's progeny? Any, any ideas on that? Maybe it's Salome. Maybe that's how Salome knows. Oh, that's, that's interesting. But you couldn't, because Salome's like 2,000 years old. So, yeah, so... What, Lilith turned Salome, do you think? Although people have said that Roman is Salome's maker, but that's not right. been confirmed. Not, that's not been confirmed in the show. Um, so, yeah, so Dieter, um, he, he's horrified and he says that it's blasphemy. 
So, Russell, he decapitates him. Oh, he was my, my favourite authority member. It's quite swift, wasn't it? Quite a swift... Yeah, I wanted <laughs> more of the crazy German dude. I think... Was, was he one of your favourite... Yeah, I think I liked him the best out of the authority. Or yes. Salome. I, I do kind of like Salome because she got Bill and Eric and Roman to bone her all on the same night, so respect to her. Salome <laughs> and, and Nora, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like them both, but not sure why, but they're great. <laughs> um, yeah, every, everyone else is game, and um, Steve says... Go on. Go on. I'm like a tree in the wind. I'm just so happy to be included. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. We love you, Steve. Um, and, and Bill's all, are we really going to do this? Really? <laughs> but, but Eric, he, he's confident that vampire blood will have no effect on them. <laughs> no, we're vampires. It's mm. vampire blood. It'll be fine. But uh, obviously, he's he's totally wrong. Because, nope. <laughs> <laughs> because the next shot is of them all walking down Bur- Bourbon Street uh, in New Orleans. Tripping their nuts off. Tripping their nuts off. That's what we want to they see. They are tripping big time. It seems, so it's a bit like a bit like doing E. Because they're all kind of staring at their hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like people doing bad nightclubs. A bit like E or a bit like acid, kind of, I reckon. Yeah, they're all hugging each other. They've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're laughing and moods are kind of changing quickly. and Yeah. So yeah. Is, yeah, and do you remember there were? I don't know if you you saw the photos, didn't you? What was that about six months ago? Was it? It was quite a while ago. There were tons of photos tweeted by fans uh, when this was being shot, and it was. And at the time, it was quite <laughs> difficult to guess the context, wasn't it? We, we were kind of thinking, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. Why Steve Newlin and Russell hanging out with Bill and Eric? Yeah, what's going on here? And then, and then we saw Eric carrying Bill on his back, and, and we, we just kind of thought that wasn't something being filmed. We thought, oh, that's just them just screwing around, just some hijinks. But yeah, no, that was part of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a little sort of camera shot, but but carrying Bill with Bill kind of pointing like leading the way ahead. That's awesome. <laughs> That's that, amazing. That just reminded me of uh, uh, younger times. <laughs> <laughs> and um, something that you said was um, that it reminds you of the scene in um, in Easy Rider. In Easy Rider, the, the scene in Easy Rider when they all pop the acid quite near the end, but um, they start off in a graveyard and it, there's lots of fast edits and they're all staring at their hands and staring at gravestones and picking up dirt and just <laughs> staring at craziness and, and having sex but then it cuts from there to a carnival which is pretty much yeah the same and it is yeah it's good right? yeah so um, in the same way that in a previous episode it was influenced as people were saying was it influenced by the scene in the godfather at the end of the first godfather film which bit uh the bit with the bit with roman um, and the ceremony with the blood. So he was doing a big monologue bit. Yeah, it was similar to the bit in The Godfather um, where the baby's getting baptised and right. it's being intercut yep. with the scenes of, of the, the other families being, being taken, taken out. out. And you, uh, but in true blood, you had Eric and Bill and they were all trying, on their way to Russell, wasn't they? Yeah, and yeah. So so in this season, they kind of taken a bit of um, influence from some cinematic greats. I don't, what... I don't remember if you said this last week, but Bill was holding, took his hand, wasn't he, in that scene? And I... Read yeah. quite a lot on the internet that people were saying, "Oh, is, <laughs> are they going to get back together?" And yeah, yeah. Why was he up holding the hand? Just oh, to tease the fans, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, back to this week's episode. Uh, did, did we detect a bit of sexual chemistry between Russell and Steve Newlin? Yes. Yes. Steve Newlin, are you going to be the new Talbot? Oh. Is, is that that'd be great? Oh, wouldn't it? I'm totally shipping that couple. <laughs> I think. Do you think that could be something that? 
I, I think Russell's going to last for this season and the next, and I think that's. I hope a, so. I hope so. Yeah, I think he's yeah, needed. Yeah, I think he's such a great character. It, it, it kind of livens up the show having Russell around, and he's a classy actor as well, isn't he? And and, and especially if he's got Steve Newlin with him as they well. They make a great double team. They do. So good on you. So yeah, the vampires um, arrive at a cheesy wedding rehearsal. <laughs> Uh, where the bride, uh, the bride is singing "You You Light Up My Life." Is that the song to her future husband? I, 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 Some I awful cheese testing song. I, I didn't recognise that song. What's, what's the deal with wedding rehearsals? I don't know. Why do you need to rehearse it? You you basically you get dressed up nice. You arrive in a nice car. <laughs> um, me or the man waits inside. The, the bride to be comes along. You walk down the aisle. You get married. Well, uh, people know what happens. Wait, <laughs> Take <it's>... one. <laughs> why? It's like twice the expense. I don't get it. I don't I, think it's the thing we do over here. I, I don't know anyone that's got married over here that's ever had a wedding rehearsal with guests getting dressed up and going. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a tease. It's like, no, just do it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, the bride has an unexpected duet par- partner. Russell, what's his name? He <laughs> <laughs> totally stole her thunder, he didn't did. he? He did. Derek O'Hare, um, Dennis O'Hare has a great voice. And, uh, and also, uh, he's currently starring in a musical in Central Park. Uh, which is really? yeah, which is called Into the Woods, and it co-stars Amy Adams from Enchanted. Wow! It's it's like a modern day, um, it's like a reimagining of the of fairy tales. Is is that Central Park in Romford Dagenham, or is that Central Park in New York? I think it's Central Park in New York. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> Otherwise, we could go. <laughs> but um, yeah, from there though, things turn nasty when all the other vampires come in, and proceed. To massacre the entire room load of people. <gasps> there, there was some controversy about this scene, uh, as some fans thought it was a bit too much to show dead children among the corpses. Yeah, and, and a, there was a child being chomped on as well, wasn't there? We saw. Was that? I didn't even notice the children uh, being chomped yeah, on. Yeah, there was one, and yeah, that was. Mm, yeah. But surely, if you watch True Blood, you've got a pretty strong stomach, and you shouldn't. This sort of thing shouldn't shock you, should it? You it should shouldn't ex- really. But you should expect this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they child corpses, but watching a child getting. Bitten by a vampire, that just adds to the... Yeah, the core <laughs> factor. The, the realism of it. Yeah. Uh, we have a listener's comment from Phil. Uh, he says, uh, is Bill actually enjoying getting to finally cut loose and eat somebody guilt-free? Um, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes he is, temporarily. Yeah, and, he, and he's enjoying getting some high-quality shit. High-quality shit. <coughs> but he's, he's probably going to be all emo again after the come-down, isn't he? Do you think he's going to go all self-loathing? All season one, Bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I killed some people. But but then then again, the vampires are so hardcore, maybe they won't ever come down, maybe they just keep drinking the maybe blood. Maybe this Lilith blood, yeah, we don't know how long it's going to last. But um, the, the vampire's meal is interrupted when Lilith appears to be resurrected naked. And with a 70s porno muff. Yes! <laughs> um, she, she appears to enchant Nora somehow, um, breathing some... Some red shit into her face. Did she? She kind of looked like she looked around and then chose Nora for some reason. Yeah, is that because Nora was the fittest? Because I don't know. Maybe she kind of sensed that Nora would be easiest to influence. Perhaps I don't know. Um, according to the to the websites and uh, the, a lot of fans, are, they're quite disappointed by the way that Lilith looks. I think yeah, a lot of people. I kind of thought she looked too modern. She didn't. She looked like a modern. 21st century supermodel. Yes, as opposed to a... Kind of ancient t- vampire. T- yeah. Um, Is she too... Th- I mean, some people are saying she should have been kind of more curvaceous. But then someone 4,000 years old, maybe they would be thin. I don't know. But, uh, 
can we can we say about what we were talking about the other night about why we think she looked like that or was that oh yeah because um oh maybe it's because maybe that's not how she looked maybe it's just because they're tripping maybe that's their perception of how she would look maybe that's their idealized that is the sort of perfect yeah sort of look or because yeah, if, yeah. you, if you're tripping and you're going to see something you, you see the best as you, you see it the best Perhaps, as, as you can yeah I'm, I'm i was happy and i know a lot of fans were happy that she was kind of eastern looking arab looking not because a lot of a lot of the time people from biblical times are, are portrayed as being white like in white, the old yep. bible paintings and i know that's kind of a controversial thing and people said people were happy that they didn't portray her as being like some aryan blonde woman and and also um as far as the the lilith appearing if they were tripping I, I believe from past experiences that <laughs> happened a long time ago that they all the vampires, all the authority, they would see the same thing. When you're tripping yes. in a group, it, you, you do see the same thing. So it's not like just one of them saw... Well, saying that, it was Eric that looked and saw that Lilith wasn't there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Eric's kind of transfixed, uh, but then Godric appears Obi-Wan style and uh, Godric stops the vision of Lilith and gives Eric some kind of hippie advice and says, no, dude... This ain't the way to go. <laughs> so, yeah, so we know that she's not there physically and she's a hallucination. Hmm. So what's the, what's the deal with Lilith, then? Um, well, like you said, yeah, a lot of fans were kind of confused, saying, well, hang on, she must be really there, because otherwise why would they be having the same vision? But as you say, that is a common thing. I can't remember the name for it. There is a collective subconscious, is that the name? Uh, there is a name for this phenomenon where people yeah, on hallucinogenic drugs not mass hallucination no like, uh, kind of, like what you just said yeah it's, it's so so people are saying oh is it because it's oh, magic it but it's not necessarily magic it could just be the, that, they're, that they're tripping right so <laughs> if I'm seeing that person as Lilith the, the tripping Lilith does that make you think that we're not going to see another person as Lilith or I know we, I think that actress is we, playing Lilith in a, other episodes and she, she's oh, right okay yeah. So more tripping or Lilith appearing for real? I don't know. What are you going for? I think it's a drug effect. But then I don't know. But I suppose it depends on the nature of the, the blood, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's her blood. I don't know. In the same way that when you sit, when the humans drink the vampire blood, they have dreams and visions of that vampire. Right. So there's there's nine there's nine people. Uh, there's the authority plus Eric and Bill and everyone else so there's yeah, nine of them yeah. Lilith's blood in that little vial how long would that last? because they, they, they had a little, little swig out of the vial didn't they? Yeah. Didn't, didn't have a dropper or... so are they going to carry on taking it do you think to prolong the effects? I think they're just going to get on it <laughs> they're just going <laughs> to that's it well there's probably half of vampires to get on it isn't they're, it? they're just going to party like it's 1999 yeah. that's what I'm thinking <laughs> some, something that some fans are speculating are quite a lot of fans actually is that Lilith's blood is actually ancient fairy blood. Ah, is which, that... Ah, that explains... Which would be why they got high on it. Right, so ancient times, vampire fairy battles, fights, that's yeah. where it's coming full circle, it's going to happen again, do you think? Maybe, yeah, so there's the idea that perhaps this bloodbath is going to have wider consequences. Well, it's kind of, it's going to be the, it's going to be the, the final straw that... The, the trigger that's going to start a big yes. supernatural human war. So was it Salome and Nora's plan all along, do you think, to incite a war? That does, I think it's going that way, isn't it? Yes. It's... This episode was criticised by a lot of fans. 
Hmm. Well, well, why? I, I think <laughs> why? There's, a, there's a lot of fans that just aren't into all the religious element and the, the Lilith mythology uh, stuff. Are they the book readers, though? Uh, I think so. I think because that's that storyline's completely from the show. It's, that's not in the books at all. Maybe they're not so open-minded about it. I, I really like all the religious stuff. But if it just went by the books, it just all it would be would be the shifter shootings, wouldn't it? And the shifter shootings and the werewolf pack leader contest and, uh, ah. and, the, and the pirate vampire. Pirate vampire. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I don't think the pirate vampire. I don't think there's going to be a pirate vampire in it. This is named Pirate Vampire Steve. No. Like in Dodgeball. <laughs> I, th- um, I think his name. I think his name's Charles Twining. Oh. I could be wrong. I think that's his name. Hmm. But yeah, a lot of fans are complaining about the disjointed storylines. Yeah, but to us, it feels it feels like the, the storylines are starting to converge. I mean, Bill and Eric and the vampires. Yeah, and you've got Sam and the Shifters and Elseed and the werewolves. Hoyt and, and Jessica and the hate group. And Andy investigating the shootings and all that. It, it all seems like it's kind of coming together and leading to some big supernatural versus humans battle, doesn't it? It does. and it's, Yeah, it's building up good, isn't it? It's at a good yeah, pace as on, well. It's only like the Lafayette demon stuff and the Terrier Freak stuff that's hmm. separate from that. And obviously that's not book stuff either, is it? No, no, so, not at all, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what what this is... Uh, episode seven, isn't it? Yeah. So, how many more episodes do you think till it till it goes a bit downhill, a bit shit? Because we, we from from previous seasons, it's kind of it's always been the last few episodes that have disappointed us, hasn't it? Mm. I think season season three was good up until episode nine, and then ten, eleven, and twelve. Once they had Russell, were not as good. It's kind of, it's kind of like Buffy. Do you remember the? I can't remember what season it was, but there was a, a season where the the main the main baddie was killed off like the episode before the finale. And then in the finale, they're all kind of hanging out and just chilling and saying, hey, we ain't got much to do, have we? <laughs> Is that what the last episode of this season's going to be? Everyone kicking back yes. in my lots. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But so, no, ho- hopefully this, this season will carry on the pace yeah, so for far, the remaining episodes. So far, so good. I mean, yeah, yeah we, we like that episode. No complaints. Yeah. So now, I believe it's time for some music. I think you have a jingle for us, Nat. I don't have a jingle. You don't? No. Do you, do you, could you provide a, a metal jingle for us, Paul? Oh, I can try my best. Hang on, let me, let me grab my trusted guitar. Okay, metal. You want metal? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold up. <laughs> Okay, we have uh, uh, two. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, what would rock and roll be without feedback? Exactly. Um, uh, we have two guys called Willie Aaron and Joey Peters, uh, who who they score commercials and TV shows, and they did the version of "Can't Help Fall in Love" for Arlene's wedding video, and also did the version of "You Light Up My Life" for the wedding massacre. Uh, next up, the Jezebels, an Australian indie band, um, song called "Nobody Nowhere," and that was whilst. Tara was pole dancing. Mm. To, to be honest, I, I think I like that song, but I don't remember much about anything except watching Tara pole dancing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lastly, we have Kanan, who's a Can- Canadian rapper, and his song In the Beginning, which was played over the credits. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool song. I enjoyed that cool, one. Cool, yeah. Not really normally into rap music, but I enjoyed that. So that is the music, and now it's time for our What the Fuck of the Week.
What the fuck? Hang on, what the fuck of the week is? Lafayette's lips getting sewn up. Ooh. It was too real, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> I, I've, I've got to tell you people that out of every single season of True Blood, there, there has never been anything... <laughs> there's, there's never been something that I couldn't watch. But when I, when I saw Lafayette in that uncomfortable position with his lips sewn up, it, it did look too real. And did you have to shut your eyes? I, I had to look away when the stitches were being taken out with the knife. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just could not watch it was, that. It was such a good effect. Kudos so to the makeup real. people. I mean, the way, the way Lafayette's lip was being pulled down oh, by the stitches. And oh, no, it was horrible. It looked, it looked real. I, uh, yeah, it, I, I must say, if that was real... I think Lafayette's going to get a hefty bonus in his pay packet for that week. <laughs> Is he going to have scars like for the rest of the ah. the rest of the show? He's going to have lip scars and a big head scar where he had his head cut open. Maybe a grubby beard to kind of cover him up. Uh, what his lips? <laughs> beard comes down. Long? No, really? maybe not. <laughs> yeah, okay. a really long walrus moustache. Okay, so that was that. What the fuck of the week? Now it's our time for light of the week. line of the week is never you bible banging cunts <laughs> yes nice c-bomb there from from eric uh, c-bombs um always earn uh, extra points for our line of the week i think yeah they? i like a c-bomb yeah that was, there's, there was a few good lines but but yeah that's yeah. the one i think that was the one that gave us the biggest laugh okay now it's time for some news <laughs> Right, first up, a shout out to our podcasting buddies over at Two Guys Talking Fangbanger Podcast. Yes. Uh, they have uh, landed an interview with True Blood director Romeo Tironi. Well done, guys. Well done, guys. And they've gleaned some insightful information about what goes into making the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll post a link to their podcast for you to check it out. Yeah, they do an excellent True Blood podcast. Um, also, Michael McMillian, friend friend of the show, yes. um, he said in an interview recently that he's signed up, oh, sorry, he's signed on for four more seasons. Four more. Four more seasons, at, at the most. <clears throat> so. so although this, this doesn't necessarily mean that the show's going to run for another four seasons, it probably does mean that he's not going to be killed off in, in this season. So that's good. We've got more Steve Newlin to look forward to. We're looking forward to you. Your first date with Russell. Yeah. <laughs> um, now it's time for some spoilers, so uh, tune out now if you don't want to be spoiled. Spoiler! Uh, episode 8 is, uh, is called Somebody That I Used To Know. Mm. After that, that that's, remember I played you that song that sounds like Bar Bar Black Sheep? Yes. So it sounds, also sounds like Peter Gabriel. A few months ago. Yeah, I think it's named after that song. <laughs> Apparently it's a really famous song, but we're like not in, <laughs> we're not down with the kids. We don't know. No, we like a rock, prog, punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, uh, this episode, uh, next episode number eight, is directed by Stephen Moyer. Yes. yes. Vampire Bill gets his directing debut. So yeah, so we're looking forward to that one. And uh, the synopsis for next week says: At Authority headquarters, the Chancellors revel uh, re- revel in the afterglow of recent events. So big come down for them. Eric gets a message from Godric. Hey, Godric again. Uh, Bill is shaken by a distant memory. 
um, helped by Claude and his sisters, Suki and Jason, visit the site of their parents' deaths, with shocking results. An emotional Luna tries to walk in Sam's shoes. Skinwalking? Mm. Bit more skinwalking? Skinwalking. Mm, I forgot about that. Uh, Hoyt's new pals bring him a present. <gasps> Jessica, maybe. Maybe Jessica. Not, uh, not with her head in a box, though. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, Lafayette leads a seance uh, to purge a curse. Yes, go on, Lafayette. Terry's, Terry's a free, we're thinking? Yes. Um, JD, he ups the stakes of his fight with Alcide. Oh, what do you think that could be? Uh, <laughs> do you know? know. Oh, you... I have no idea. Oh, okay. Um, casting calls for episode seven. Uh, Reggie, uh, a good-looking redneck, hmm. a member of the trashy low-rent anti-vampire hate group. Uh, next up, Ryder. Uh, this large guy is a wolf who addresses the Shreveport pack as they face a change in leadership. Uh, we also have a lady pack member at the uh, wolf pack meeting, uh, making a right suggestion uh, Yeah, at the meeting. Uh, next up, Sean. Um, he's probably college age, uh, lean and tall, uh, like a long distance runner, I'd say. Um, Sean is a university track star who's put in the terrifying position of having to outrun a wolf pack. Ooh. Oh dear, poor Sean. Uh, we have a, a female in her 20s who begs for her life as she's fed on by a vampire. Who do you think? Well, who, who are you guessing? What vampire? Someone we know? Yeah. Uh, Tara? Tara. Let's yeah. go Tara. Tara goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, next up, Sam. Um, double to Sam Trammell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Actor must look like Sam Trammell. So there's... Skinwalking. Skinwalking. They need a double. Oh, that's... Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, and this is an interesting one, uh, Sarah Compton Harris, mm. a female Caucasian, 40 to 45, seen in a flashback in a scene with Bill. Right, and this is interesting because the original casting call said a lady in her 80s uh, for a scene in the 1930s. Mm. Uh, but the description was changed to a younger woman. Uh, so, And it looks like the flashback will instead take place in the 19th century uh, because Stephen Moyer was pictured wearing full Victorian get-up. To shoot this episode, so a bit of Victorians. Wow, we love Victorians, don't <laughs> I we? Love Victorians. That's yes. That's, that's yeah. Looking forward to that. So that's um, gonna be a good episode. I think that is. I think that is it for spoilers. Yeah, I think uh, that is it. Just for... got just got one link for you this week. A link to the two guys talking, uh, Fangbanger podcast. Check those guys out. Well, I think we're gonna go because it's now quarter to ten, and it is uh, start of the Olympics. Yes, Olympics. It's, it's actually about seven miles down the road from us. Yeah, and and the Olympic <laughs> Stadium is gonna. Hopefully, be given to Stephen Moyer and myself's favourite football team, West Ham. <laughs> so, West Ham's new stadium, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and come on, Team G GB. Yes. And Team USA and everyone. Okay, so uh, we'll see you next week with our discussion of episode eight. Yeah, enjoy episode eight. Have a, have a good week and. Good night. Good night and bye for now.